Welcome to Brother Brother, a podcast is part therapy, part tongue-in-cheek, in all real talk. Um, John, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. A little tired, but great. Yeah, understandable. I mean, we've been putting in some crazy hours in PUBG. <laughs> kind of like it's a second job. No, I kid. All-nighters, man. Yeah, all-nighters. <laughs> um, Red Dead team right here. Um, but... Uh, Let's talk about the, the the one thing that I think everybody's t- going to be talking about uh, this weekend, Black Panther. Um, we, we talked about it on Cinema Chat, so go listen to Cinema Chat if you want to hear our more in-depth review. But uh, real quick, bro, your thoughts. Um, for me, uh, my immediate reaction is it was the second best Marvel movie ever with really you're cutting fine hairs between it and um, uh, Winter Soldier. But as far as it being a movie experience, it is just one of the most unique movie experiences you can ever imagine, especially as an African-American. Um, it was so – it felt so culturally significant, and it will be real interesting to see what happens um, you know, 10, 15 years from now, how this movie might be a marker in the change in the way like black cinema is shown and the way – people show pride uh, in African and African-American culture because this movie hits you with so much Africa, so much black America. It's just like, it's overwhelming. Yeah, exactly. Does. Because, I mean, even though Wakanda is a fictional place, it still felt like it was celebrating African culture. Um, and then it was bringing up themes that are important to African-Americans. So it was nice to to have something that celebrated like the black experience. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, I, I've been a conductor on the hype train for Black Panther, so of course it's my favorite. Uh, and even you know, uh, my own personal bias aside, I really think it's one of the better of the uh, Marvel movies. Um, so like, I'm really excited for what they do, and I can't wait to go see it again. And I'm just so excited for. Everybody who's excited for it, you know, just everybody online, um, Facebook, Twitter, all that, you know, people that don't go see comic book movies are going out to see this one. So I'm super psyched for it. And I'm glad it's doing well. Also, uh, I'm going to need your black card. Second best Marvel movie. Next time I see you, I'm taking it. Whatever. Whatever you can't take my card just because since it's the first black Marvel movie doesn't mean I'm I have kidding. To put I know, one. I know, I joke. Wakanda uh, forever. Wakanda forever. Let's get into the news real quick. Uh, bullet point this stuff. Trump continues to defend abusers while ignoring the abused. Robert Porter was defended, you know, before he was uh, kicked out of the uh you know white house and that that was kind of a funny thing because it was like robert porter didn't know to just you know get the fuck out you know because he was like i'll i'll first it was i'll think i'll resign then it was like i'll think about resigning and then it was like okay hey um you know then kelly was like dude get the fuck out you're you're fired you know and then um even trump kept saying uh you know, Robert Porter and other people's lives were being ruined just by accusation. So, um, it, which led him to have to come out 
and say, and even though it was like nine days later, he came out and said, well, it goes without saying that we're against domestic violence. But, you know, it's one of those things like if it goes without saying he didn't have to say it, then, you know, it, it obviously shows you that we're at a place where the president or at least this president is of such moral dubious character that people have to have him say that he's against domestic violence. And listen, that whole um, news conference where the guy was like, we haven't heard it from Trump. And she's like, well, I speak for the office of the president. Therefore, you're hearing. He's like, no, that's not how that works. And again, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, it's just embarrassing. And it's sad that we are dealing with this as a as a com- as a country having to have this guy who's just so fucking embarrassing. Yeah, it is. And then I mean in top on top of it it seems like Trump and the GOP are just determined to hurt as many poor people and underprivileged folks and you know just minor not not just minorities but you know people who are are like powerless, you know. I mean, he wants to go after uh, SNAP benefits and recipients and limit the type of foods that they can buy. And they've been putting out this crazy plan where they would ship food to people, but like boxed food, like boxed dairy stuff and off the shelf. And it's just like it's it's so sickening the way that they it just seems like they every day wake up to find out new ways to hurt people. And I just don't understand it. Well, for me, it just doesn't make any sense. Like the idea that you're going to use ship dried milk to people, and you're going to ship, um, you know, dried milk. You're going to ship like you know canned goods, and I don't know why anyone would even trust the government to to get it that right. You know, that's the thing I don't get about it. Because think about the effort in Puerto Rico, right? The effort in Puerto Rico. The company that the FEMA contractor that was supposed to be giving out like three hundred thousand meals that got paid like mm-hmm. fifteen million dollars, they gave out ten thousand meals. They came up two hundred ninety thousand meals short. Like, and you're gonna expect to do that for all the people around this country? Yeah, and then on top of it, they want the states to foot the the uh, shipping bill. So it's like. We're going to come up with this plan and then not find a way to, to fund it or anything like that. And people like from economists on are, are saying how this is going to be an expensive plan because there, some senator was like, yeah, it could be like um, Blue Apron or something. It's like, that's not how that works. You exactly. know, uh, that stuff is expensive. And then on top of it, it, you can't guarantee that people are going to get what they need, you know, because that's the thing about SNAP and, and, and um food stamps things like that is that or rather ebt is that people can buy the food that they know that they need you know as opposed to some nutritional guidelines i mean what are you going to do for somebody who's a vegan not yeah a vegan or somebody who has like a allergy to to gluten or or some other food allergy what are you going to do for people who are because of religious or cultural beliefs have to have you know kosher food or challah food like the concept of this whole thing is so fucking stupid. Right, and it's just another attack against people who can't really defend themselves, and it's just, it's sickening the way our our government under Trump is, is acting, and the way the GOP is lockstep with this kind of nonsense, and downright, like, just evilness, in my opinion, because it's just, I'd, there's there hasn't been, like, some sort of great abuse that 
would warrant a change like this, you know. But um, we did want to move on uh, to, to something that might be even scarier. Uh, Bossa Dynamics. Did you see that robot? Oh, my God, yes, man. People... Uh, and my favorite thing is I saw this video of these people acting like they were that robot, basically be like, hey, nice work, Boston Robotics. You know, it's this is how me and my friends opened the door. And so they basically did the crazy janky walking and opened up the door. And I'm like, yeah, you know, that's all fun and games and all. But the concept of what that robot can do, the fact that it taught itself that, it wasn't programmed, it taught itself that. Skynet, man. Not only, yeah, and then it's like, did you not watch Black Mirror this this season? This season of Black Mirror had a, a you know, a, a whole episode where it was like this robot dog thing that was hunting people down. It was like, why aren't, why, I, I get that you're happy that we can create this stuff, but you need to think about long term about what this is going to do. Listen, Facebook already had to shut down an AI because it was teaching itself a new language that they were unable to read right like that should if that doesn't scare you and who knows maybe the robots overlords will be better for us than humans have been for society but you know we gotta figure this shit out man we can't we can't just be okay with the idea of fucking robots that are way more intelligent than us just running amok exactly um Real quick, before before we move into the Asshat, uh, nominations for Asshat and Hero of the Year, uh, I had Tamimi, and I'm sorry that I butchered that name, and I know I did, uh, goes on trial for, um, she was a, what would you call her, activist? Mm-hmm, definitely, protester activist. Yeah, and uh, she was, she slapped a, a guard who, uh, not a guard, a soldier, Israeli soldier who, um, what what they were doing? They were like assaulting her cousins or something like that. They were assaulting her cousins and basically threatening them on their own property. But also earlier uh, in that either day or week, one of her cousins had been shot point blank with a rubber bullet. So it was basically guys from that same regiment who patrol that same area every day, and she basically just wanted them told them to leave her property to leave and of course you know yeah so she goes on trial and i'm sure she'll get a fair trial definitely will get a fair trial that's um, sarcasm 100 percent. by the way if you can read that um and then some sad news and this is we i guess we're going to end the news segment with this um in broward florida last week there was another school shooting uh, where a student, a uh, 19-year-old who was formerly expelled from the school, uh, returned to the school uh, with a uh, AR-51, uh, killing seven, and began to shoot, pulled the fire alarms, then began to shoot, killing 17 people, uh, injuring others, and you know just doing what is so reminiscent of the United States, unfortunately, which is. Um, School shootings, you know? Yeah, uh, it was an AR-15. Just save the emails. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> Dyslexia. No, no. Um, um, but yeah, and once again, another... I don't know. Um, I know last time when we talked about this, I was very... You know, why are we even talking about it again? Because nothing's going to change, and we're going to have another one. But I don't know. 
do you think that this one is different? Because I don't know. For me, it feels different. It feels well, like the way people are talking and the fact that there was so much footage of the incident as it was happening. And there were so, I think like these kids coming out to speak against it. it, it there's something about it that feels different. Um, No, I don't. I don't feel different. I don't think it matters. Um, like, you know, they're some, they're planning a walkout. I saw, I saw one footing on Facebook and I've seen another one on Twitter saying that they plan on doing a walkout on 420, which 420, why? Well, that was the thing. It was like April 20th and I was like, oh, okay. But then I was like, wait, why would you do one on 420? And the more like two months from now. Yeah. It was like one that doesn't make any sense. And two, I mean, come on, you gotta be smart enough. You gotta be smart in that. There are probably um, going to be a couple more shootings before then that everyone's going to forget about your walkout. That, that too. Not only that, for me, the big thing is just I I don't see why it matters. You know, unless people vote these people out. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone's talking about you know how much money um, Marco Rubio has received and how um, people are saying you know uh, people who support this lobby are not going to be reelected, and I just don't believe that. Yeah, I mean, and here's the thing, too. It's like, I'm sick and tired of these people like, well, if you take away the guns, then they're just going to do something else, and it's a mental health. It's not a mental health thing. The problem is, uh, yeah, these people would probably resort to baseball bats and knives or something like that if you took the guns away. Uh, But you know what? There wouldn't be 17 bodies. There wouldn't be the 55 that were killed in Vegas. Uh, you know, like, you wouldn't see these high body counts from one dude who took out a knife and started killing a bunch of people. And then on top of that, you have to also take into account the fact that guns are, it, it makes killing easy. You know, stabbing somebody to death is probably much harder to do. You know, when you make people jump through hoops to do harm, they tend to not do it. I just, I mean, listen, there's no reason to have any of these weapons, you know. Um, the people who are like, I saw some comment on Twitter that was like, I'm going to keep my AR-15 because I'm going to need it to fight back against um, uh, the government when the time for rebellion happens. And it's like, motherfucker, if you – one, that's stupid. It's so fucking stupid. But even if it weren't completely stupid, the idea that you think that an AR-15 is going to matter against a drone or a tank or a shitload of dudes with AR-15s. Like, yeah. I mean, do you have body armor too? Do you have a, a, what gun do you own that could pierce a tank? You know, it's stuff, it's stupid stuff like that. It's just, you know, it's just, it's ridiculous. And I've, I don't know. I, I feel like it. I've always been a proponent of repealing the the uh, Second Amendment. Like, we just need to get rid of it or make it so hard that just like I mean, there are other countries that have guns but they make it significantly difficult to get one i mean we're talking about classes we're talking about uh, background checks we're talking about waiting periods things like that i mean imagine if you had to wait six months to to get a gun and then you had to take all these classes and get trained and and pass tests like there's no reason why we can't do that and i I really think that that's something that we should look at if we're not just going to you know repeal the whole thing altogether which we probably should I don't know if we need to repeal or not. I just think that they're, like you say, it should be hard to get guns. It should be hard to get ammunition. You should have to justify it. You shouldn't just be able to stockpile a bunch of guns because you don't know 
who you're going to be in the future. You know, you don't mm-hmm. know. It shouldn't be going... easier to to. I mean, it, it shouldn't be easier to get a gun than it is to to own a dog or animal or, or or even adopt a kid. You know, I think it should be in that league of difficulty. I don't know if it needs to be in that league of difficulty because I think people like I do believe that hunters i do believe that legal gun owners shouldn't be punished for for what criminals do or for what crazy people do i i totally agree with that concept i just think that some guns shouldn't be allowed like i don't i don't have have a problem with people having shotguns or bolt action guns but like you Mm -hmm. don't need military militaristic weaponry once you start getting into that level of guns it's like what are you using those for yeah, you're not using it to hunt. What are you doing with that? If, if you're not using it to hunt, then you're using it for its other purpose, which is to kill. And unless you're a police officer or in the military, you don't need those weapons. Yeah. Um. And uh, so let's move on to Asshat of the Year. The nominees are... I w- I'm torn between like the NRA and Democrats because Democrats uh, they gave away any leverage they had on getting a uh, immigration bill through, and then we saw this week four different bills in in um in the Senate fail, and now we're at a place where like DACA and the Dreamers are just ass out, you know, um, and it's because the Democrats just chose to to capitulate and, and failed them again. Um, so like kind of, but you know, I think this whole NRA stranglehold on, on Congress and, uh, our, the politicians in across America, I think kind of, you know, that trumps what the Democrats are doing. See, I, I don't, I don't really blame the MR, NRA, like they're lobbyists. That's their job. Yeah. But I mean, even NRA members aren't, for well here's the thing the nra does not represent the majority of gun owners in america they're a small minority and the things that they're doing you know i mean just like background checks they're against that you know they're against common sense law stuff you know so like i i can fault the nra for that especially when they know that the things that they're enacting are harming people the things they fight for, they fight for the manufacturers and gun producers. Like, again, they aren't being anything that they haven't, that they don't claim to be. So True. I, I, okay, even if you, even if I, I capitulate to that point, who they are and who they are trying to be, that doesn't necessarily, that still makes them ass because it's not a good thing, I guess. Just because it's the status quo and it's what it's, just because... It's not a bug, it's the feature. This feature's still bad, is what I'm saying. I just think people are upset at a viper because it's being poisonous. Like, Well, they don't have to be that way. And when you look at the way that they started, the NRA did not is not what they are right now. What they started at is not what they've become. I guess that's fair. Uh, yeah. Well, um... My ass hat of the week, I picked one pretty early, and um, I guess it's just hard to stick with it considering all that's gone on this week. Uh, Marco Rubio's kind of up there because, like, the way he's kind of being like, 
oh, you know, I don't want to hear about, um, I don't want to hear about, you know, taking away guns as far as when we're talking about the debate and how we can make change, you know, like, he's such a sack of shit. It's, it's yeah. hard not to hate that guy. Um, let's stick with the NRA. I don't even need to go with my subpar guys. The NRA <laughs> suck. Fuck Marco Rubio and all those people who, like, bow down to them because um, they truly are the problem in America right now. Uh, so yeah, you guys, you get, you win, Reg, you win. <laughs> Good. I'm happy about that one. I'm going to take that win to the bank. Now let's go to the hero of the year. Um, I nominated Scott Beagle, Beagle? I'm sorry if, if I said that wrong and Aaron Face and, uh, they were teachers at the school who, uh, died protecting students. Um, and I, I also want to nominate the, the students themselves for speaking out. Um, I mean, they're they're all over the news talking about how the, the politicians, the adults in the room need to step up. So I nominate them. Um, I think that's a great one. Um, I did, again, pick another early one, but this one I'm going to stick with. There's a young man named Trenton Lewis who works in uh, Little Rock, Arkansas. He works at a UPS warehouse. And for the last uh, year and a half, two years, he had been walking five miles to and from work every day, which to me is just like, that's so insane. But he basically did this when his daughter was, uh, he started the job because he wanted to earn some extra money so he can you know support himself as well as looking into community college. And then uh, his girlfriend uh, became pregnant and he wanted to be able to take care of his daughter, so... Uh, he basically took on this job. Uh, and in the two years that he had been walking all these miles, he had never been late the entire time, walking five miles a day. His shift started at um, 6 o'clock. He would leave the house at midnight and walk, start walking, basically. Jesus. It's insane. Um, so eventually his buddies found out because one day I guess he got there early and they are like, you know, what are you doing here so early? He's like, oh, you know, I – Basically walked here and didn't have anywhere else to go while I was waiting for my shift to start. So he and his um, co-workers got together and they bought him a car um, and even saved him enough money to get basically get his insurance, pay his insurance for the first three months. So um, kudos to that whole crew because that to me is awesome. That's like basically what you want out of humanity, you know, yeah. uh, people, people pooling their resources together to improve the life of someone who's doing the right thing. It's nice to see when good things happen to good people. Yeah. I mean, that's what I like about sites like GoFundMe, you know, this crowdsourcing and, and helping your neighbors out and things like that. And it should always highlight that stuff when you see mm -hmm. it, because it's, you know, it doesn't happen nearly as often as, as you know, we would like, but it's a great thing when it does. Um, so to those people, we salute you. Yeah. Nice yeah. Work. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Uh, our main topic this month, we've been doing highlighting um, black heroes. What? Just, just highlighting things about black history that people might not know about or things that you know, people just know on, on the surface. Um, and today, uh, we're going to do, um, the Buffalo soldiers. That's, that's my kind of the topic that I picked. 
because um, last time we did uh, black superheroes, because we we wanted to do that for uh, Black Panther to talk about other heroes, but uh, we're doing Buffalo Soldiers this time, and so uh, the Buffalo Soldiers is um, a name that was given to a couple of divisions of the American Army, the Ninth and Tenth Cavalry, as well as the Twenty Fourth and Twenty Fifth infantry regiments most notably they were regiments that were started in september of 1861 their main mandate was to help protect settlers in the oklahoma type territories uh they were really in um instrumental during the indian wars that's where they saw most of their action they were given the name buffalo soldiers it's kind of a a pick your pick your history on what the name is because many people believe that um there's a lot of debate over what the name was some believe that the name was because of their hair it, that reminded them about reminded native americans of, of buffalo other people believe that it had to do with their um fighting style and their ferocity and, and was uh buffalo soldiers was given to them as a uh, respect um but uh, people often debate whether it was the Cheyenne or the Apache that gave them name. But either way, it was a name that kind of stuck and was given to a lot of black soldiers that uh, were enlisted in the army and armed forces in the uh, United States. Um, during the Indian Wars, uh, the native, the Buffalo Soldiers, the 9th Cavalry Regiment, first started mustering in 1866 um and then in april of 1867 they were ordered to san antonio where their job was to protect the road to san antonio the buffalo soldiers mostly worked in west of the mississippi because of the tensions that came as a result of the civil war especially still during um uh what's the word what's that reconstruction Reconstruction. thank you (laughs) especially during reconstruction uh they were so most black soldiers at the time served west of the mississippi um and during the indian wars the ninth cavalry was instrumental in um specifically the red river war which was a war between various native american nations um during the indian wars the buffalo soldiers won a lot of victories um, even though, you know, they had a lot of victories, there was not a lot of people who wanted to um, lead them because they didn't have black officers at the time. Matter of fact, uh, Custer, who was one of the people who uh, refused to lead, he he and a bunch of other sol- uh, soldiers at the time would refuse the command and would even take demotions instead of tr- uh, commanding uh, 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 regiments of black soldiers. How'd that work out, Custer? Yeah, how did that work out, Custer? It didn't work out well. In case you don't know, he yeah. he chose a stupid plan and uh, got, <laughs> got his ass kicked and died got slaughtered and for got it. slaughtered for it. Uh, Bull Run. Look it up. It was okay. a, a monumental defeat. Yep, monumental militaristic disaster. You know who didn't get slaughtered there? Black troops, Buffalo soldiers. <laughs> whoop, whoop. Yeah. Uh, yeah, during the the Indian Wars. Uh, but okay, so by 1880, much of the Native American resistance had been quelled, and the 10th Cavalry was ordered to what is now uh, modern day Oklahoma. And the irony kind of is this: 
towards the end of the Buffalo Soldiers, um, towards the end of, you know, while they were still groups, uh, they were actually ordered to protect Native Americans from incursions by uh, white settlers. So they started out as, as a group that were sent after Native Americans, you know, to fight fight them. And then they, towards the end of their um, history, they ended up saving Native Americans and protecting them. Um, so after the Indian Wars, they were sent off to, many of them were sent off to the Spanish-American Wars to fight. Um, notably, they were instrumental in the win at the Battle of San Juan. They also served in the Philippines. Um, during World War One and Two, they didn't serve. They didn't see any combat because in World War One, they um, were ordered to protect the Mexican-American border. And then in World War Two, even though they had training to um, fight abroad, they never fought abroad. They weren't uh, called to do that. And then in 1944, they were decommissioned. Um, but the Buffalo soldiers, one notable thing about them is they had the lowest rates of desertion and many were awarded the Congressional Medal of Honor. Um, they didn't just, you know, protect settlers or Native Americans at the end, but they also protected national parks from fires and poachers. Um, and some of the notable figures, uh, Kathy Williams, who was the first American woman to serve in the U.S. Army. She did so by uh, posing as a man and using the name William Cathy. Uh, Lieutenant Henry O'Flipper was the West Point's first uh, black graduate and America's first black officer. On September 6, 2005, Mark Matthews, the last living Buffalo soldier, died at the age of 111 and was buried at Arlington National Cemetery. Yeah, well, can we, one second, by the way. 100 and motherfucking 11. God so mighty. Yeah, all right. That is insane. To have lived that long and to have done all those things, that is just mind-blowing to me. Absolutely mind-blowing. Yeah, I mean, just imagine all the things that he saw. I mean, you go from being a a Buffalo soldier, I mean, you know, fighting right after the Civil War and slavery ended to, I don't know, seeing somebody walk on the moon and shit like that, you know? Unfortunately, he didn't get to see Obama, but still. <laughs> yeah, that's still pretty awesome. Yeah. And he didn't miss it by much. Um, yeah, so that's that's crazy. Uh, you know who my favorite Buffalo Soldier is? Who? Uh, Special Agent James West from the Wild Wild West. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. That is a good one. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, but in all seriousness... Um, it's kind of crazy to think about uh, the things that they went through because people don't really understand just how crazy the um, Indian Wars were, especially in Oklahoma, um, Texas, uh, Kansas, and um, in the other um, – God, who are those people? Who uh, who was the first – God, in the Apache Territory. Jesus. Yeah. Um, like, you know, they were fearsome fighters, and for a large, a long part of the, uh, long period of Western expansion, you know, it was just a lot of settlers getting killed. Yeah, it was, and without, like, the protection of, of, 
the army or things like that, I, a lot of people would have died. And I mean, granted, it was on land that wasn't theirs, which was the whole point of the Indian Wars was that Native Americans were tired of people stealing their lands. And, you know, it, it's a shame the way that turned out. But you, that's one of those things where you you can recognize the horror of what happened, but still honor, I guess, the the you know because these soldiers felt that they were doing the right thing for their country um and at a time when their country wasn't doing the right thing for them you know the fact that they had to go far out west just to be able to serve is kind of you know saying a lot and then but you know african americans have had a long history of serving in the military and it's just something i you know, a lot of people forget, and I think that, you know, that's why I wanted to highlight the Buffalo Soldiers, because, you know, they were an important aspect of, of American military history, and, and sometimes, you know, that, that gets forgotten, and, you know, because, I mean, without, like, Buffalo Soldiers and people like that blazing a path, we wouldn't have had, like, the Tuskegee, Tuskegee Airmen, or, uh, you know, the desegregation of the um, military, uh, the Buffalo Soldiers were kind of influential in that. Some of the some of their members and people that led them were influential in, in getting the military desegregated. So, yeah, I, want, I wanted to make sure to highlight them. Well, good job, Reg. Thank you. It's no the dollop, but uh, I think we'll do good. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we leave, we're going to do one of... My favorite segments, uh, Ask a Black Guy. On this week's Ask a Black Guy, uh, I have a question from a coworker who also is a black guy. Now, he wanted to ask, because um, he's African, uh, born in America, but of African descent, um, he wanted to know how you felt and how you liked the Olympics considering that uh, the majority of the sports are, how do you say it, are attuned, normally attuned to white nations. And what sport would you do if you had to? That's so interesting. Um, I assume he, uh, he must be talking about Winter Olympics. Yeah, he's talking about the Winter Olympics. Um, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I think we may have talked about this last episode, but I think this Olympics was the one where I just realized I don't care about the Winter Olympics because, like, I haven't been watching any of the coverage. And to be quite honest, I'm kind of pissed that all my shows are on hiatus because of the stupid Olympics. So, like, I'm more interested in watching my normal programming than I am about the Olympics. I just, I guess I really don't care. Like there's highlight stuff that I, I would follow like back in the day. Um, but like n- now I'm just, eh, whatever. It's the winter Olympics. Um, the fact that it has, I don't know how I feel about putting it as white nations, but I mean, I get the, the feeling that he's coming across with. Um, I just think it's a first world nation thing and it has, has little to do with race and more about economics is kind of really how I feel because, um, you know, you have nations like Japan and China and other Asian nations that are there too, you know, and doing well. 
So it's not a race thing, it's just a economic thing. Plus, I mean, when you live in, I don't know, Mozambique, how much snow do you get? So there's also that. Yeah, um, I I think I agree with you in that sense where I think it's not a matter of it being, uh, it's not a race, it's not a white Olympics as much as it is economic Olympics. You know, that really does matter more than anything. The idea that uh, if you can afford to send your kid, you know, snowboarding or to send your kid ice uh, speed skating or to move to a place where that's prevalent, then you're probably going to be good at the Winter Games. You know, there aren't many sports in the Winter Games that are ones you can just do outside. Right. I mean, you can make a ice hockey rink so that you could do like ice hockey or figure skating or speed skating things like that but i mean still that's still a dedication and i just don't know who's going to spend that kind of money oh no I mean, making an ice rink isn't that expensive but you even if you have an ice rink out back you have to have the money to have professional coaches to right. get you trained and you know to do the jumps that a skater would do to to um to be a hot to learn how to play hockey and be competitive at a you know level that's going to get you on an olympic team that means you're probably playing year round which means you're buying unis and pads and equipment you know all these things um you know with the exception of like cross country skiing you know most of these most of these sports require being in a cold weather place the majority of the year and or right being able to afford to go to a hockey rink in Phoenix, but know, I mean, three or four times a year. All you need for football, and, and I mean soccer in America, but all you need for football is a ball, and like that's it, really, a field to play a ball in. And four stones. Yeah. So two, like anybody, four, four anybody can do that. Four foot bags, two bushes, four, four very obedient dogs who will sit still, not move. Four shirts. <laughs> <laughs> exactly like that's literally it all right we're shirts your skins you got four of you you guys cool your shirts are the goals if it goes in between the two it's good if it goes you know so high over your head it's good it's that's all you need same thing with track you know it, anybody thing. can even run with sh- even with the shot foot i can find a heavy rock and just throw it and right. as i get stronger throwing it when i get a shot put then it's just a matter of tweaking my technique um but Let's go to the second part of that question. Um, what sport? If I, I'm going to make it a two-parter, Reg. I'm going to go ski jump. Okay. Well, that's that wasn't going to be my question. One, if you could be an expert at any one, part one, what sport would it be in the Winter Olympics? Obviously, yours is ski jump. Actually, but, if I had, it could be um, downhill skiing, maybe. Which one? The Slalom the or the Super G? Slalom. I think I'd rather, between those two, I'd rather do Super G just because I like the idea of being like, yo, I am the fastest dude getting down. Solemn's not, I mean, Solemn's, Solemn is technique. Um, and I know there is a, the combined, which is, you know, it's basically speed slaloms. Uh, but uh, the one I would want to be an expert at, strange as it sounds, would be uh, figure skating. You're right. You know what? I'm going to go to the figure skating because that's something yeah, you can show off anywhere. 
Dude, you know? I would I would go to public rinks right. all the time and just be like quad, and people were like, "What the fuck was that?" Central Park in New York, just going in there and <laughs> quadruple whatever. Yeah, I yeah, would yeah. Pay, that's a good I would, one. I would pay. Um, I would pay kids or homeless people or unemployed people to be like, "Yo, this is your job. You're gonna follow me to public parks." You're gonna hold my boombox, and I'm gonna fucking do. I'm gonna do my own little sets. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. That's what I'm going with. I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm switching figure skating. Yeah. All right. Now let's say, for a million dollars, you have to do one event, and you have to, um, you have to successfully complete it. What event are you going to do? I just have to complete? You have to complete in like, um, that's not just complete, but you know, you got to have like a qualifying score. Okay. In that case, I'm going to go with the one sport that isn't a sport. And I don't, I think it's the most overrated sport at the Olympic events. And I'm sick and tired of people going bad shit over it, but fucking, um, curling. I I think anybody could do curling. I could do curling. I could compete at curling. I think that is the. Um, I didn't think about curling. That yeah. I think curling is the. The reason why people like it is because they like I could do that. Yeah, it's fun. It's like, have you ever played shuffleboard? Shuffleboard is right. That's the reason why curling because shuffleboard. It, I didn't think about that. It is shuffleboard. Way. It's shuffleboard on ice, and it's ridiculous. And, and people are like, "Oh, it's harder than." No, I'm sorry, but a, I think it was the last Winter Olympics. This woman was like nine months pregnant, and she was, and she plays gold. No, I'm sorry. If you can have a, a pregnant woman on your team and do gold, then it's not an athletic event. I'm sorry. Well, it's not. I mean, it's an athletic event, but it's more. There's a lot of skill that goes into it. I think. Um, it I may think be cool skill, team. but I mean, it's it's their skill in beer pong, but that doesn't make it Olympic worthy. Uh listen. I I put in the same uh, class of Olympic sport as rhythmic gymnastics, where I'm like. I know there is a difference between what an average person can do, what an average athletic person can do, and what an expert in sport can do, but it just doesn't always show, you know. Jumping around and flipping a and flipping a, a twirling a baton or yeah. a hula hoop, like I'm sure that I, I give rhythmic gymnastics expertise that goes into it. Mm-hmm. I think rhythmic but, gymnastics but, is more of a event than than curling but anyway so so uh what what would be your sport then well before curling i was going to say uh none of the fast track luge skeleton bobsled um i saw a uh a piece on the nigerian bobsled team mm-hmm. and they basically showed uh, they had like a gopro on a training run that shit's fucking scary i don't understand how people don't die i would love long. to do a bobsled though I mean, I'd love to be in one while someone else is running and pushes. I wouldn't want to have to be in charge of doing anything. Those things go like 70 miles per hour. Um, But the one I was thinking of about um, competing, I want to say something like the biathlon, you know, because then you get the... You get to ski, which sucks, but you get to shoot, which is cool. Right, that's a good one. It's cross-country skiing. I feel like if you trained a little bit, you could. That's a decent one, you know. I don't it's not think one you that's could. Gonna, it, 
I don't think you could place that's though. an endurance one. Oh no, yeah. well it's not place. It's a qualifying. Oh, you know, being like, oh, there's definitely no way. You I think I think you, you underestimate. Dust. I think you underestimate the biathlon. That I think is. Oh no! Listen, I watched it. It's it's in it's. The crazy thing about it is it's an it's an endurance thing, and then obviously the shooting is getting yeah. your breathing down. But you know, for me, I'd be like, I'm gonna put my energy into um, basically just giving up the second to get a shot on target, as opposed to because you get five shots, and you just have to hit the target, you know. So mm-hmm. you know, take your shots, but hit the target. It doesn't matter how long you take, just hit the fucking target. Don't get those penalties or don't give a fuck. Just fire all five of them and take the penalties and then speed your way through it. Yeah, I was watching one and this guy was ahead like 30, 40 seconds. It was fucking insane. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, there are just some sports I like. Well, let me ask you this. Part three. What is the one event they would have to pay you a million dollars to do? I don't think there is one. Maybe Skeleton. That's the one where you go down See, just on your board by yourself, first. face first. Yeah, yeah that face might. First. Yep. If there was one, I think it would be that one. See, I think the skeletons one. I would. I think I do skeleton over luge, only because at least with skeleton you can see the disaster coming, and maybe you're. I don't want to see it coming. It. I don't want to see it coming. I think about that, but I remember the luge test where the guy broke his neck, where he like. Mm-hmm. Came up too hot in the last one and yeah. he hit the side barrier. I'm like, the only reason why he hit the side barrier was because he couldn't see it coming till it, he was, it was too late. Like if he had been going face first, he could have just like flipped his board and gone off and like, well, I'm, you know, maybe I break something, but at least uh, maybe I break my shoulder or I dislocate something. Have like. you heard about this event? And and once again, because I haven't been paying attention, but I heard there's an event where people are like on snowmobiles or something, and then they crash in each other. It's like some sort of downhill race or something. Uh, I have not heard of that. I know there's um, you said you sure you don't mean snowboards, not snowmobiles, because there's um the snowboard. Um, it's kind of like motor rally, basically. Um, yeah, it's motocross like, or something. It's like it's like snow rally. One second, I gotta look this up now. Um, okay, so it's the snowboard cross style. Um, so you know, obviously, so there's half pike and then there's slope style. Uh, and this is what it, that's basically what it is. It's slope style, and I've seen those before. Um, they had those competitions in the X Games, and yes, yeah, those things are awesome. Um, in one of the uh, in one of the races, I think it might have been the medal race. Mm-hmm. One of the guys who was in third place going over the first jump on the third jump landed awkwardly, broke his fucking back. Yeah, I heard about that. Okay, Got so... up and eventually finished the race. What? That's sub style. Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. see, that might be one I'd pass on. I don't know. But but I heard, like, you could run into people and that's okay or something. Yeah, so basically as long as you're staying in your lane and you're on a straight course, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you bump into people when you're landing or when you're jumping, um, it's not against the rules. As long as you're not, like, you're not allowed to push people. You're, um, you're not allowed to, like, rocket into people to, like, take So, like, NASCAR people. rules then? Yeah, yeah. But, you know... You can be physical. Bumping's okay. 
That's interesting. Okay, then. Um, that's going to be the show for this week. It's kind of a short one. It's all good. Uh, they can't all be gems. But <laughs> we just want to leave you with this. Um, oh, announcement. Kind of an announcement. Um, I was out Saturday, I think it was. Saturday? No, Friday. I was out hiking Friday, and then I was, I don't know, out in nature by myself doing my thing. Um Cause like, that's kind of my own therapy is being able to go out there and hike and just, you know, be, you know, with me and myself and in my thoughts. And sometimes I'll, I'll pray along the way. And then I was just thinking about like, you know, what I want to do and with my future and all that. And I had an epiphany that like nothing is tying me down to Charlotte. And I know John, you and your wife, you're thinking about having kids soon and starting to extending your family i'm not gonna say starting a family i hate when people say sit like that you know when like you didn't have a family before kids so i'm gonna say extending your family and and i was thinking like the way we grew up we didn't grow with our you know aunts and uncles and cousins and all that and i don't want you know our family small enough as it is i don't want our your kids to grow up like that either so um i'm thinking so you know that got me thinking and then so i'm just announcing now that like by the end of the year probably october november or so i'll be probably moving up to boston and oh I know, yeah 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 we've talked about it and and you've offered to you know give me a place to stay until i can you know find where i need to stay and all that so you know that's the announcement is that soon we'll because like the the, the episode we did a couple episodes ago where you were down here and we could record together like i really love that and I'm looking forward to doing that more uh, when I move up there. So, like, by the end of the year, I'll probably be up in uh, New England territory. So that's Boy. kind of my little mini announcement. Well, Spread the word. <laughs> I will. Oh, I look forward to it, obviously. That's like a dream for me. I always enjoy, obviously, being able to hang out. You and I are close. Uh, growing up as military brats, we had to rely on one another. So that is my dream. So... I'm excited, man. Yeah. My wife's going to be super pumped. She's going to be too 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 hyped. Yeah, cuz I was too originally going to I was like, I'll just I'll give it a couple of years and then I'll move up or something. But like, no, I mean, there's no there's really no reason for me to to wait. I don't know. I'm going to jump in. I there I've got a support group and all that and that's like the most important thing. So, going to do it. Going to make it happen. Ladies of Boston, get ready. <laughs> and with that, we want to leave you, uh, as always, speak your truth, tell your story. And stay woke. Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever. You can find John at Tempe WMF on Twitter and Instagram, and you can find his other stuff at Tempe'sWorld.com. And you can find Reggie at Hedonis, that's H-I-D-D-A-N-A-S. He co-hosts In My Humble Opinion and the Cinema Chat Podcast.